Welcome to the Directing Animation Livecast with Scott Weiser. Just one week before episode 23, when I unleashed 10 feature film pitches into the world, I partnered with Space Station Animation as a director on exciting original projects. This will open up even more opportunities on this show to explore the art of directing animation and the pursuit of telling deeply meaningful stories. Today, my guest is someone you might recognize. In episode two, I interviewed Jasmine Katatakarn and Mike Tenzio about their school, the Academy of Animated Art, as it related to you know the online process of filmmaking and also online schooling, which I had done myself. So uh, now we have Jasmine back. She has gone through quite a bit since we last chatted with her. When we last chatted with her, she was a, a lighter at Blue Sky Entertainment. As you know, Disney purchased Blue Sky, and then there were some layoffs. The whole studio closed, and Jasmine quickly transitioned into a CG lead at Framestore, I believe. Yeah, Jasmine not only is a job search warrior herself, she helps a lot of people know what they can do to break into the industry and how to survive this industry. And we're going to talk today about some cool trends coming into the industry. And I really feel like this episode is going to be very helpful to various people who either want to break into the industry or struggling to, to get back in or struggling just to survive the industry. So let's have a conversation. Uh, welcome, Jasmine. Yeah, thanks for having me, Scott. I'm I'm happy to be back. Yeah, it seems like ages ago since. I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, episode. We're on episode, I believe, 26 right now. I, I've almost lost track. <laughs> but episode 27 was more than a year ago. So wow. now episode number seven. Yeah. Welcome back. How how quickly, and how was that transition from Blue Sky? You're laid off to CG lead at Framestore. Well, for me, there was really no transition time. I think I got a week off <laughs> in <Yeah>. between. <laughs> Of the official. So yeah, for me, there was little transition time, but we did have mentally like a mental space. We were given, you know, at Blue Sky, probably a month, a little bit over a month of when we were told prepare into like our official end date. So mentally we, we got, I I did get space to kind of, you know, feel it out, get that close. I don't want to say closure. That feels odd, but you know, to, to figure things out. And oddly enough, I actually never, I hadn't planned on transitioning so quickly into a new role. It just happened to happen that way. Yeah. It's, it's just yeah. like, like, right. Things aren't, don't go as planned, like your job being, you know, completely gone, but you roll with it and you make the best of it. So yeah, I'm excited to talk to you today about that. Yeah, me too. And is this role different than lighting? Um, It's, it's still lighting. It's different in the way that it's, um, you know, Blue Sky Studios is animation, feature animation, and Framestore is mainly visual effects. So yeah, it's yeah. effects versus uh, like animation world. But okay. still, yeah, my still specialty yeah. is in lighting. Yeah, that's fascinating though. What would you say are the biggest differences? Because, huh. you know, what I love lighting, I'm fascinated by lighting, but the most conversations about lighting I had had were with my buddy Nick Noggle and with you. And it, that was mostly about feature film lighting. How, what's the difference with VFX lighting? Yeah, I laugh because I have a lot to say about this, to be honest yeah. with you. Oh, that's in interesting. The, I actually started my career in VFX. So oh. before I went to Blue Sky, I was in the VFX world. And then I went to feature animation and I find myself back in VFX. It's kind of like a yeah. nice end thing. And to be honest with you, if you had asked me this question, maybe, you know, when I was at Blue Sky, 
I would have said like, oh, you know, they're very similar, not that much difference and whatnot. And realistically, like now that I'm like, I've made that transition back into VFX because I was at Blue Sky doing animation, lighting for animation for 10 years, over 10 years. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I realized I had forgotten a lot, to be honest, not forgotten, but like, you know, when you're not in it. And then when I came with a different perspective back into VFX, I was like, wow, this is much, it was a bigger difference than I remember. And the biggest difference, and I I use this analogy, I've, I've used it with my students at the academy, and I've spoken to other people about this, is at doing my first week back in VFX, I was like kind of, you know, getting back into the groove, yeah, figuring yeah. it out. And all of a sudden I had this aha moment. I was like, wait a minute. The effects is baking, is like baking, and animation is cooking. So Okay. Let me, yeah. Let me go more into I love these like analogies. So yeah. when you think of someone that loves to cook and someone that loves to bake, they're actually like very two different people, right? Like it's a yes. mindsets. Mm-hmm. And you don't think about it. But so person like for a cook usually you kind of like you can throw things together kind of like oh let me try this here and there mm-hmm. and it could be like this masterpiece that you make you know it's delicious or it could be disastrous but you know you're <laughs> yeah. kind of like free-flowing in baking it's super precise right yes. if you get one measurement off it's there's something off. like the whole thing could blow up yeah and and you might not know what it is, like, especially like when you taste it, it's like, something's off. And then you realize you like miss this, like this measurement's just like slightly off and that's VFX. So like, yeah. what I realized is animation, since it's, you know, there's more creative liberty yeah. in it, cooking, mm-hmm. right? You can like throw a different color light here and like see how it works, you know, yeah. put a rim light that's not really supposed to be there, but you're, you're trying to like cut out the character and tell the story. Um, but VFX, you don't have that same flexibility because you're usually matching to a plate, like a yeah. live action plate. So you need to be like super technical and accurate with it. You can't just throw in this random, you know, ingredient because someone's going to look at it and it's like, well, that doesn't look right. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's that different mentality. So now when my students come and ask me at the Academy of Animated Art, they're like, should I go into VFX or, you know, animation? <laughs> I'm always like, cool. Do you like to bake or do you like to cook? And I get like really, <laughs> and they just look yeah. at me, huh? And then yeah. I'm like, that's my explanation of the differences. Like, yes, yeah, the- it is a really great in- explanation yeah. to me. I, my wife is a, a baker. She's a fantastic baker, and she's learned to cook, you know, since we've been uh, been married as well. And and yeah, we talk about this all the time. You know, cooking happens more above the stove, and baking happens more in the stove. And uh, yeah, baking is more about precision, it's more scientific, and cooking can be a bit more artistic. There is, you know, obviously still artistic components to both of them. It's a really, really good analogy. And I can relate to, you know, you you've, you started in VFX and then you went and worked for several years at Blue Sky. Um, I also started as CG animator. And then as I was doing my freelance for several years, I did a lot of hand-drawn and 2D and I did some CG. But now that I've transitioned into a role as a director on a CG project at Space Station, yeah, there has there's been like that that awakening of like, oh, I understand CG so much better than I than I did before, you know, and it's it's really a cool school set to have. Yeah, I agree, and it's kind of nice because it realize uh, you realize you're always growing, right? Like with your experiences, yeah. then you can you come back to something that 
I had done over 10 years ago with a different perspective and be like, ooh, I didn't notice that before. It's nice. That is nice. So let's talk about some cool trends that you're seeing in the industry. I know you were excited about that in the email when you emailed me that there were some cool trends that you really wanted to talk about that were exciting. I'm sure that it has to do with remote work a little bit because you mentioned that as well. But let's <laughs> let's dive into that topic. See see what your thoughts are on it. I mean, trends in the industry. Well, one thing I'll say, you know, the a really good thing about our industry is we found during the pandemic, you know, not only can we still survive, but we can thrive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, remotely, which I was very grateful for. It was also when you saw all these other industries or careers that you realize are paralyzed, right? From yeah. the pandemic. But for us, it was it was really great. And it, the thing that I think that changed the most is it also allowed the remote, it kind of allowed this openness and flexibility that mm-hmm. we never, a lot of the artists in the industry didn't have before because there were all these barriers, right? We couldn't do this because yeah. <laughs> of that. But then when we're forced to do it, it was like, oh, all of a sudden, all those barriers got pushed away really quickly. Yeah. So I think that that was huge. You mm-hmm. know, we're seeing a lot more content that's being needed to be made. Since oh, yeah. Were, right? Yeah. And animation, VFX, all game. Like, we can create this content remotely. So yeah. I think, like, the need, the speed and the growth of the industry is growing. Yeah. And then I also think what... I think an interesting trend is too, which people don't really talk about that much, is 3D and animation outside of the traditional like VFX gaming animation. Like we're starting to see 3D implemented in different ways, like in furniture rendering, like things like masks that you would never have thought about before. Uh Now our skill sets are translating into these other sectors that I think is really interesting because that opens us up in so many other ways, more like a mass market. Yeah, it does. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of really interesting things going on. There really is. And, you know, it was interesting because I was friends with Eric Miller of Miller, Miller Animation, and I actually did a project for them, partially because of California law created, it was much more difficult for him to, you know, run a business. <laughs> but also, you know, the pandemic hit around the same time. So I was right here sitting at this desk in my basement, working on CG animated content for him. And it was really, really cool. And now currently with this project that I'm on, most of our team does work remotely. And once in a while, we'll fly all of us in, we'll we'll meet together. But a lot of the time, you know, it's mostly remote. And then there are a couple of us who come into the office. But yeah, it's really, uh, it's really cool to see the different the differences and the benefits of both. And there definitely are things you lose by not being able to be person at least in, once in a while. And but there are also things you gain by being remote, which is which is really cool. Yeah, I can't agree more. I mean, there's pros yeah. and cons, right? I think yeah, we could all agree. Like creative collaboration is still a tough one sometimes, you know, remotely. Mm-hmm. Just that that energy. Yeah. Oh, another application is NFTs. So, oh, along yeah. with along with our first episode at Space Station of A for Adley, the the Pirate Island cartoon, which is doing so well right now, we launched a thing called Quarter Machine which you put a quarter of an Ethereum in and you mint an NFT from the Pirate Island collection. Yeah, you it can accrue in value and and Space Station is doing a lot of things to infuse value into the NFTs, make them something that is, uh, I think, kind of a game changer for the NFT space because sometimes the NFTs, people are wondering, where's the value? I think with Quarter Machine, with some things that we see come out, I can't say specifics right now, 
but there, there are going to be lots of things that show that NFTs are actually something where you can have a lot of value. And all the, a lot, there are a lot of NFT projects raising a lot of money to make animation. So yeah, it's, it's really exciting what the future holds. I know so. there's so many things. I mean, we I don't even touch on like you know the AR VR like all yeah, of yeah. it. <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. All this stuff is happening and yeah, yeah think- Burning Man. Burning Man was um, an event that people go to every year, right? And I. Yeah. I think I could say this. I have a buddy at Microsoft. <laughs> Hopefully I'm not, I don't get in trouble because it already happened, right? So Burning Man was virtual during the pandemic. And it was Microsoft, that my my buddy and his team there that, that created that experience, you know. And it, it was cool that at least people could kind of get part of the experience through a virtual reality experience of, of Burning Man, I guess. <laughs> I didn't know that Burning Man was virtual. That, that yeah. must have been yeah, huh. you'll look that up after we. Get I don't off. even know how it went either. I I never did the yeah. research because I've been busy. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's uh, like you said. There are all kinds of applications we've never thought of that we we can use these skill sets. I I kind of think of my primary skill set as um, not even a technician. It's more of storytelling, and mm-hmm. you know, throughout history, you look. There's always this huge boom of people trying to tell stories, and then the people who are really good at it who end up becoming the ones we know as classics like Shakespeare or Charlie Chaplin or, you know, who knows who's going to come out of this boom of YouTubers and and social influencers and, you know, the artist economy. So, yeah, it's really exciting to be a part of. Yeah, I think that's really exciting. Yeah, and the storytelling is huge. Like, I mean, we're all storytellers, right? Yeah. In our own storytelling, our own life every day. Yeah, so we are. Yeah, it's when we try that it gets hard. <laughs> But when we're naturally interacting, we you can you can hear like we get the story structure and, and all of that stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, the other thing is um, that we should probably dive into is about remote work. Mm-hmm. I mean, remote work isn't isn't really just to walk in the park, right? <laughs> like some people are like, oh, I get to work from home, and I can be in my pajamas and uh, yeah. only my shirt. Actually, I am wearing pajama pants right now. <laughs> are you really? I was going to put <laughs> jeans on, but I forgot. <laughs> Yeah. What, what What are your thoughts on what, that? What about remote? Well, like, yeah, I mean, I think what was interesting about remote work is, yeah, it's different for everyone. And mm-hmm. what became really apparent when everyone went remote is everyone's in different situations. A remote work for someone that lives alone is very different than remote for someone with like two young kids, which is my situation, not right now, but during the pandemic, it was. Yeah. So one, I think like from my my personal perspective, I love remote. I've always wanted to be, I had a very long commute and yeah. my time away from my young kids where it was very hard for me. So it was for me, remote's like a gift, right? It's really, it's going to be hard for me to go back if I ever, I don't know if I ever would, but like full time yeah. back, I think the hybrid model is a very good model. But I think remote is depends on the personality, really. Some people really embrace it. Some mm-hmm. people, you know, not. And the biggest thing with remote is managing your time. Like yeah. all of a sudden, where I feel like that's one of the biggest things that people yeah. often, we never had to do that before, mm-hmm. right? We were in a yeah. studio or a company, nine to, like we knew that was it, nine to five, nine to, nine, it's whatever, nine to five, but you know. Eight um, to something. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you're on it and all of a sudden you kind of have this ability, um, this freedom, which is really nice. I think there was a bit of transition for that. But and then the isolation, I think it was huge. I think during the pandemic, they said the two groups that I don't want to say suffered the most, but like 
were most affected mentally were singles in their 20s mm-hmm. that lived by themselves because they, they lost all that social you know, and they became really isolated. It was like extreme opposites. Yeah. And then also then the flip side were parents of young kids. I was yeah. like, oh, I got that one. But um, yeah, that's me too. Yeah. I think what what's interesting about remote is it's all dependent on you and your personality. And I have friends that say they'll never go back in an office. And I have other friends that are back in office when no one is because they, they like ran back to the office. So yeah. there's no- wrong i think the best part about the remote honestly is it opened up the flexibility yeah for the personalities right you could yeah 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 Yeah. and and also if you are an extroverted personality you do need an environment to to be with Mm -hmm. co-working spaces are an option yeah you know and and if you can't find a co-working space near you that's what i did for for actually near four to five years somewhere in there at first i was helping another company build their creative division and then i was doing my animation thing and trying to get my feature films off the ground and nearly have and who knows it, i think it's very possible still in the cards so but yeah the day before i i went and just met the people at space station i told a friend i never want to work for anybody else again <laughs> <laughs> and yet when I saw what was going on there, I was like, yeah, I can't just not engage with this thing. You know, <laughs> I've got to, I've got to see what happens if I jump in and, and be a part of this. So, but that's, that's a really great way of, of, it's also cool. You get exposed to different ideas in a co-working space because there are people who are doing all, do, doing all types of stuff, right? There are people starting a business. There are people who work remotely for other companies. There are people who, we had a kid who was playing the stock market and playing video games and Fortnite <laughs> during the day. And slowly, like as he was exposed to different mindsets, became more and more responsible in his life and, and has started to build really cool things himself. So it's a, no, it's I, a good option. I agree with that. And then like, to your point about, you know, how you said you were never going to do this uh, yeah. thing, and you like end up doing it the next, I think, I mean, that speaks a lot to, um, I think it's really good. Like it's opening, like keeping your mind open and not mm-hmm. like putting off. And I think like, I know one of the things you want to talk about is like, what happens when you get laid off looking for a job, like also and thrown into something. And, you know, usually when you give someone that scenario, their mind just goes to like stress and like all the yeah. negative. Oh yeah. And I, you're actually thinking along the same lines. Although I was thinking about like, I said, like the words I said and the thought read as, I don't want to work for anybody else. What I was really saying and thinking was, I love the excitement of being an entrepreneur and I don't want to mm-hmm. give that up. And I actually didn't give that up working yeah. for space stations. So yeah. <laughs> so sometimes you have to listen to your thoughts like closer, like what's beneath that thought feelings beneath that. Yeah. Like you said, that, that can take a toll when you're laid off. You can start to think like in black and white thinking, or you can start to catastrophize and think like I was unemployed for 18 months mm-hmm. after my first job at rhythm and Hughes. And I was interviewed at several companies and I would say strung along, that was the word I used, but really it was that they were interested in me, but they there were layoffs other places and other places, other people were a bit more qualified and, and that sort of thing. So I just had to kind of get up every day, treat it like a day job and work every day on animation and networking and improving my skills and yeah. Yeah, but I mean, what you just did, like in your current situation, what I love about it is you created your own your own career. Like you create your own yeah. roles, right? Yeah. You knew that, you want to keep the entrepreneurial side and then, but then you were also given this op- other opportunity instead of like the black and white would have been like, Oh, I have to give up one for the other. 
Yeah. But you didn't do that. You like, Oh, it, it has been a struggle though. It's like, I know, of course. You, you I, cause yeah. you're like, wait, wait, if I, like, if I don't stay here, I might not get equity, but you know, <laughs> like, there's all this, there are all these things that kind of go through your head, but you do have to kind of start to sort those out. Um, yeah. Thinking is like, thinking takes time. You know, you kind of have to slow down for a bit and really actually think. That's the most, yeah, it's so important. And I will say when, you know, Blue Sky Studios, 500 artists, yeah. when we lost our jobs, like, I think that was the most important thing that, that we did, or hopefully most of us did is like, just stop and think first, like before yeah. Yeah. the panic. And what really helped is like, I, I worked with some coworkers to do exactly that, to like stop and think. And instead of, you know, going to panic mode, be like what do you love like this is like an opportunity to like tap into something you really wanted to do but it would it would have been too hard to leave this like full-time job you know that Mm -hmm. pays really well and provides all this but now it's like this opportunity so a lot of the artists I worked it's like they just stopped and we like went through and thought about what are your priorities like where do you want to be where do you want to work and it was really great to see like also, I'm from like that panic of like lost feeling to be like really focused, like actually, you know, I want to do this or I've been really interested in gaming. This is my chance to go into gaming now or learn this. And I think that's what like if anyone's ever thrown into this kind of unexpected position. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly what you said. Stop, like just stop and think and use it as an opportunity, especially as creatives. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, honestly, working at the same job, like some of my coworkers, they're there for like 20 years. Like, oh, yeah, if you be honest with yourself, you probably creatively like not as inspired as you were when you started day one. So how yeah. can you like to tap back into that and be inspired again is really um, inspiring. <laughs> like, it's really it's a great opportunity, too. Yeah. yeah, I've been talking to somebody who just broke up with their boyfriend. She she was so sad that she hurt him, you know. But, you know, this in this certain situation, it's like the, she gave that person every opportunity, like, you know, and gave them plenty of notice and they thought through it and talked through it. And then it just ended up not being the right thing. And so I'm like, at that point, I don't think you hurt the person. I think you gave them a gift. It just depends on yeah. the perspective you look at it with. Right. It could be yeah. a gift. This is an opportunity to go meet new people and, and discover maybe somebody who's a better fit for me. Or you could say, oh, this is terrible. I've lost that person forever. You know? <laughs> And I think any situation can have any kind of big change where you're suddenly no longer with the familiar and you have to kind of discover new things could be a wonderful opportunity. I agree. And I like this quote. There's a quote that's like, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% of how you react to it. Yeah, I like that. So <laughs> it's exactly that. It's your perspective. And it's true. It's like in hindsight, usually if you look at in in the in the moment, probably you, you're not very grateful for it. But then if you look at it, from a different point of view like for me being like for blue sky closing it's really sad i still miss like all my coworkers, amazing people but on the positive spin like i got to go back into vfx and realize the differences there and as a result like as part of the academy of animated art we're actually going to start a vfx program within the academy of animated art so that probably would never have happened right mm-hmm. if i was still at blue sky and like I've also started coaching more people with yeah. like creatives and like that probably wouldn't have happened. So like in hindsight, it's like I'm helping so many more people because blue sky closed down. So it's like, okay. So you always like look at it from that light 
of exactly like different perspectives of it opens you up to other opportunities and it just you have to be open to it and yeah look on yeah. look at it from a different light awesome so let's talk about your role as a job search warrior <laughs> and a coach <laughs> so you you often help you're probably helping trying to help a bunch of people especially through the academy of art and at the same time i'm sure you start to see patterns of like these are the things that this the students do that help them get a job like faster and and better. There's a difference between, you know, you and some other people I've seen, how how your transition was like hardly a transition. You just walked over to the other side of the street pretty much, you know, (laughs) and other people may have spent a few months, you know? Yeah. And so what are the, what are the patterns of success that you see as you're coaching your various, uh, students and and mentees well i think the biggest well like on a tactical you know tactical side yes you need need the work you need a good portfolio yeah yeah. you know you need to have the skill set and that's what Mm -hmm. you know at the academy of anime arts that's what we focus our students on like how to train your eye and create that portfolio quickly in a good way and then so when you present yourself you you have all the pieces in place so that's the first step, right? To get the skills, have the portfolio. But the other thing is clarity. So the, and you're speaking to it as like you take months, it's kind of like yeah. you need to stop and really think of what you want to go, like where you want to go. Because I know it's easy to say if you're like more of a senior, I guess, if yeah. things as like if you're starting out but even if you're starting out to be really clear on what you want and more importantly what you don't want yeah because you're chasing jobs that you'll realize like probably too quickly if you ever take one of those jobs you don't like it you're like what what just happened is because you didn't stop for the clarity piece yeah. and also think of like your end goal in mind like we have a lot of students that want to their goal is to be like i want to work on disney film or i want to work at pixar you know something or marvel like some kind of film and i was like okay that is amazing that's amazing you know that so let's think about the steps to get you there but then they'll get a gaming like something totally different right like gaming or vfx or something or vfx could translate but gaming might be a little bit different and if it skews them a little too far from where their ultimate goal is then we Mm -hmm. have to about it like you have to be like okay pros and cons yeah and we see how it could lead to a different direction which could be what they ultimately want i mean what they will but you got to be aware of that instead of just like aimlessly like throwing out your resume yeah Um, not even just that like you're speaking to the artist right you're speaking to many people i'm going to ct next next week and this is my 12th year at ct next um, I think one of those was online, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, uh, so many people come to my table and they'll be like, I'm a character designer, a lighter, a rigor, a, you know, <laughs> like there are all these different things. And I'm like, oh, you got to pick one. <laughs> and, and sometimes it's very tempting for me to do that for them. Like they show me their portfolio. I'm like, yeah, you really should be a rigor that there's the most jobs available. It's, it's, you know, <laughs> or something like that. So yeah, I think artists just have kind of a hard time wanting to nail themselves down to one thing. They want to kind of do a little bit of everything and. Yeah, it's true. Like, especially as a creative, like creatives have so it's almost it's like because we can create so many things, right? Yeah, yeah. you're a rigor. You can do anime. You want to do it all. It's like if you want to do it all, you should be a generalist in VFX or something. But yeah, maybe. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what. Work at a like, small boutique place. Yeah, exactly. We actually have one at, at Space Station. He's amazing, and he, yeah. he, but he also struggles. Like, where's my place? Where's my place? And recently, yeah. with the quarter machine stuff, he's really like 
boom, just blossomed. And he's like, our, we call him our special projects guy now. <laughs> you know? Like if there's a special project, give it to him because he likes to play in all the areas and then the rest of us can kind of help him get the quality where it needs to be. And it's it's really cool. So there yeah. is a place, I'm not going to discourage that. There is a place for that. Yeah. No, there yeah. definitely is. Like generalists are, are in demand in a lot of yeah. places. Especially yeah. for like the small boutiques, like you said, they want the generalist. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think like for anyone looking is first to gain that clarity, have your priorities in place, right? Like an easy priority list for me is location, type of work, right? Mm-hmm. And also like intensity. Think about, I know, you know, some studios work, work-life balance is very different from another one. And yes, you got to put that into account too, right? And now with remote and play, like that's another thing. Like now I, I have friends that say they won't talk to someone if it's not fully remote. And now like, or some people want to be in person. So like mm-hmm. put that as your, if you know you're the person that wants full remote, then you can focus and hone your search in on yeah. that. You don't spend... Yeah time in another venue if you know that you want to do feature animation and that's it and not anything else then you can like be laser focused and not put your attention towards a gaming or vfx or something like that so i think it's the clarity like the stop part what do you want and then go for it and that's how you're going to get there because if you go wandering like like i'm just going to grab whatever i want then you're kind of letting life happen to you like Oh, this, you know, gaming company came to me, but I really wanted to do that. But I'm going to I'm going to take this one instead because it's here. Well, then 20 years down the line, you're in the gaming industry and you're wondering, oh, but, you know, I really want to here. I want to do other stuff. Yeah. You have to intentionally design. It's just like the same way that you like a storyboard or previs. I I often refer to it as previs. Like Mm -hmm. you would never create a movie without previs, right? Yeah. Or like the time to stop and write the story and figure it out. Think about like we should all be prevising our lives, right? So it's like it's the most I, important thing. <laughs> you know, the interesting thing is like half our team at Space Station came to Space Station through layoff right? Somewhere around half of them. Maybe not quite. Maybe it's like a fourth or a third. Our producer, like Nathan Riddle, who I interviewed two shows ago. Yeah, that was his situation. And he was in... You, the reason you reminded me is because he went to the... Um, I think it was Art Academy in California and got mm-hmm. his degree and then ended up at a game company for 16 years. And he had imagined himself doing like film and this other stuff, but it never happened because he was at this one company. Luckily, he was there long enough to like really become ambitious and gain skills enough that when people were looking... Uh, Space Station was looking for a producer, everybody's like, Nathan Riddle is an amazing person. He's an amazing leader. He'll he'll be great, you know. Yeah, and I love working with him. Like if I could choose somebody to work with, he would he would be at the top of the list, you know. <laughs> so and and that that shows like the resilience you can kind of build by working in the industry too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more experience you can get, and if you can't get experience, you create your own experience. Uh, mm-hmm. like, like I did during that un- unemployment period, right? Yeah, I, these are excellent points. Just just great. Thank you <laughs> for sharing them. And yeah, so topics-wise, is there anything else you wanted to cover that I didn't bring up? Hmm. I mean, I can talk about, like, well, there's a lot of things I'd like to cover. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> let's let's now go into psychology and yeah, yeah, <laughs> here's how to cope. Into- here's how to process your emotions. Yeah, right? we, we kind of touched on all those things, right? But a lot I of think- them, like every topic we brought up requires a deep dive. Even the art of focusing and like really yeah. dis- deciding what you're going to do. There's a deep dive there. There are lots of conversations you can have about that. So, yeah. Okay, I do know one thing. So we've been talking about like 
stopping and getting getting gaining clarity uh-huh. biggest thing and i think this is hard for creatives too as i find is okay we stop and we gain clarity but then what happens next and a lot of times nothing right so important to start and especially as creatives like a lot of us i feel like are perfectionists like we want it to be perfect out of the box yeah. we don't want anyone to see anything messy right yeah but it's the opposite like the biggest thing is like i love to think about design thinking it's like you have to start you have to start somewhere no mm-hmm. i like to say it's going to be messy from the first go yeah like get rid of all the pressure you gotta start and then it's all about testing and iterating like life is about testing and iterating like like even you you gotta apply somewhere you gotta take a job somewhere or whatever but that's not it like once you get that job don't stop there be really self-aware and look around like is this a good fit if it's not a good fit, let's keep on testing and iterating and not get stagnant, especially as creatives where, you know, you don't want that motivation, that creative energy to to die down. So never first start. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, I want to start. Say. Yeah. You got to start. You got to do. You got to take action. I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of people just don't take action or they just, you know, yeah. they think good in theory but then they're like oh it's it's scary it's scary to yeah, take action it is. <laughs> that small step and then always be aware of your like where you are and if you're happy if you're if like you're just i don't want to say settling settling's a horrible word but like you like dream big i always like encourage people to like dream bigger than they probably because it's possible if you want it to happen you can create it yeah so, it's true keep on testing <laughs> so that's, that's what we're one. doing over here too <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, another thought I had is you're talking, learn communication skills as much as you can. Mm. I think that the more remote you are, the more communication skills are very, very important. And and the I think the key skills I would point to are positive communication, like communicating in a way that you're not like, what what is this junk, you know, <laughs> or whatever. Like, do you want to be positive? You want to point out to the things that are good and then make suggestions for the improvement. But never, I, I just don't like saying like, this looks like garbage, right? <laughs> Follow up. And asking, like, if you get a direction from a director or your CG lead or whoever, ask for clarification if you don't completely understand it. And I I almost think you should, like, without fail, ask for clarification. I think some leaders might be bothered by that. But for me, it's like, oh, this person's really trying to wrap their head around the problem so that Mm -hmm. when they deliver the piece of art, it'll be closer to the the goal that we're looking for. So I completely agree. Like, communication with remote is so much more key because you're not just right there, right? And it is hard for a lot of people because oh, yeah. especially if you're reserved, a lot of, um, I know a lot of artists specifically, you know, they chose that because they just want to be in front of the computer and not bother. But you're so right. Like the art of communication is huge. I and feel so good like- resources for that would be like the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Uh, Never mm-hmm. Split the Difference is an amazing book. There's one that I'm supposed to read that a buddy's bought for me called The Art of Moving People or something like that. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you when I read it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's tons of resources out there that you can practice. I think Chris Voss, also the Never Split the Difference guy, has a master class. You can actually watch him using his negotiation skills and stuff. So yeah, there's all kinds of resources out there. Yeah, I agree. Like in communication, not only for... I mean, you mentioned it kind of, but like not only for the artist to lead, but the lead, that their communication is super key. Oh, I know. That and also, is- also your listening is super key. Like when I read a couple of weeks ago, there was somebody who made a comment on, I'd animated the monkey logo at the beginning of our, our uh, space station stuff. And somebody gave me feedback and I had to read it like over and over and over again. And I was still like, I don't understand what this person's saying. <laughs> 
But finally, I I realized that they were giving me a, like this much information, hoping that I would see this one little detail. And so once I saw that little detail, then I got it right. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, can you imagine like if I was a high and high and negative emotion, like how <laughs> frustrated I could have been as a leader, right? Like. I, I could have maybe not have even looked for the note. So yeah, yeah the clarity of communication too is just very, very key. That is know? key. Yeah, my and... co-founder wrote an email about concise, write really concise like yeah. notes and emails to like the point. Oh, you don't miss it in that one line, right? Yeah. There's so many aspects. I think, yeah, remote has forced us to kind of like prioritize different aspects or we should be prioritizing different aspects. I don't know if we have, got in there yet to be like oh yeah that's gonna be it yeah. maybe you have to look at this and be like oh yeah i need to invest in communication a little bit better i think it'll be just like you learned a bunch moving from you know vfx to to blue sky for 10 years and then back to vfx like they're mm-hmm. they're going to be all these little hidden gems of knowledge that you're going to get as you transition to each new role and try each new thing and i i think that that's something we miss sight of too i think that happiness is like too much too much emphasized in our society when actually mm-hmm. purpose is so yeah. much more important because mm-hmm. happiness is often a byproduct of that, right? And and yeah, and clarity, clarity of purpose, like when you have that, then you're learning things and you're developing it and you don't have to think, I'll be happy when. Like, I'll be yeah. happy once I've got that Disney Disney animation job. Like, funny story, I don't even know if I've ever told this, but I actually did get a possibility working at Disney after I realized I wanted to do my own thing, right? Mm-hmm that my passion was building my own business and doing my own feature film independently and engaging with space station and all, and all that stuff. It was, it was like, that's when the opportunity came. And then it was like, wow, I've learned so much through these other things that I wish I could go back to, to myself and say, you know, don't think that much about Disney. It's, it's cool to shoot for a high quality, but you know, <laughs> there are other well, things in your future <laughs> that, that are even more rewarding for you as a specific person. Yeah. I mean, honestly, we all evolve and change and, mm-hmm, yeah. uh, and like, I don't even remember what my goal was in my twenties, but if it, <laughs> I feel like if my goal was the same, two mm-hmm. two things would have been either like I was way laser focused on it. I mean, I was like super in tune with myself in my twenties, which was probably not the case, or like <laughs> I, I didn't open up myself enough to explore honestly. Mm-hmm. If it was the same thing, because you're right, like whatever you wanted back then has probably changed now. And I totally agree about the being happy. I think life life is about like creating meaning, like creating a life of meaning for yourself. Like, and that speaks to your purpose, right? Yeah, Um, yeah. It almost emerges from your purpose. Because your purpose is like your vehicle. Okay, I'm going to choose this vehicle to drive through life with. Mm -hmm. And maybe the, the vehicle gets a little old, so you have to get a new vehicle. But it's still like you're still focusing on that purpose. It's not like you're like, okay, I'm just going to go drive every car (laughs) possible, you know, for the rest of my life. Like you, after you do that test driving process, then you do do have to focus on one, one vehicle for a certain amount of years. And then maybe it switches slightly, but you learn things from driving around in that vehicle. It's true. It's like, yeah. How do you, how do you find that purpose and create meaning and that whole fulfillment thing and constantly grow? I think growth, like you said, it's so important. Now, here's here's another thing that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I think if you could, if you wait too long, you might be able to stew. You could, I've met people who stew about their purpose for like years, <laughs> right? Oh, um, yeah. You do have to choose one. Like, that's good. there might be a really cool car out there that you might get a better deal on and everything like that. But, you know, a really cool opportunity that you're like, well, maybe, maybe I made for this other thing. 
but choose one that like is close mm-hmm. and that you can you can reach at least and then maybe you'll discover something after that but without uh using what you have at your disposal you'll never you know if you're that small town person you'll, you'll never get to the city unless you have a car <laughs> yeah. so yeah i mean that speaks to that speaks to like taking action right like yeah, yeah you you can think forever but if you don't take action, that's all it's going to be. It's never going to happen. But it's the taking action and the small steps. I'm a huge believer. I, I used to joke that you can change your life 10 minutes at a time. If yeah. you just like dedicate like, okay, for 10 minutes, I'm going to do this. And then that's how you get started, like yeah. step by step. And then before you know it, it will grow into, you know, your life. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you ever want to do something, just say, can I dedicate 10 minutes right now to it? And just start. Yeah. And I think the thing that stops people is fear. Yeah. Fear perhaps of not being good enough, right? Or life not being good enough. Those are the two main fear categories, right? Yeah. A fear, I think fear only slows you down. It only gets gets in the way of you having your purpose and finding that meaning and, you know, engaging with life in a dynamic way. So, yeah, I think one of the most, I, my next guest is going to be Sean Duras who was a YouTube Snapchat celebrity and has now built this really super inspiring business called the space station. And it's one of those things like the brand of the space station is you kind of see little glimpses of cool things they're doing. But when you come to the space station, it's like, what, (laughs) like what's going on here? It's, it's an amazing experience. And you know, I've watched and I've wondered how he does this. Part of it is it's not all him, right? It's there's lots of people who work at the space station. The other part is that he's just, he's just going and engaging with whatever's fun. He, Gary Vanderchuk called him a professional fun haver, right? Uh-huh. Um, but his fun is actually really hard work, is what it looks like. So, yeah, he's just like, hey, what's the next opportunity? Uh, he, he never thought he would be creating an animation studio. And yet, as the A for Adley channel was growing and her daughter or his daughter was also going to go to school, it's like, okay, now what do we do? She's not going to be able to film as many videos, but we still need content. Well, what about animation? You know, from that, like the quarter machine and NFT thing happened. And that's been super inspiring. And it's it's really making waves. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that actually reminds me, I just listened to something. I think it's Gabby Bernstein. She said, um, lean into the fun. Yeah. So she's just lean into like don't think about how you're going to make money or anything just like go towards what you find fun lean into the fun and then inspiration and things will happen and that's how you find your purpose find your meaning and just like overall fulfillment and happiness just lean yeah. into the fun. that's all you need to do so that kind of reminded me of like yeah him leaning into the fun and yeah. yeah like animation series like oh how did that happen because things happen as you just go towards what you what you love and not overthink it not have to think about oh i should be a rigger because there's more job opportunities like actually do i do i like rigging like yeah. things do i like that. the technical classic art you know of course there's like a practical side to it but ultimately if you lean into what you find fun you'll always be like creatively inspired and yeah. going where you want and you can also start to enjoy things you never thought you'd enjoy <laughs> too yeah. which just has been a bunch of surprises i've had the other thing i was going to talk about that i thought of as you were talking is that anxiety and excitement are the same process in your brain they're the same chemical reaction when that emotion happens your thoughts your thinking side categorizes it right and so sometimes you might be feeling anxiety but it's really just a new experience and maybe you can lean into that and then it actually will be fun right Mm -hmm. like it's it's excitement you can you can kind of start to to listen to your thoughts and start to see hey this is just a new experience i'm going to learn and grow from this this is awesome let's lean into it you know so it's true yeah. that's how you grow i mean many people say they hear many people say when they get that feeling of like almost fear it's like yeah. fear 
that like excitement, they know they're going in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. Pushing themselves, they're challenging, they're challenging themselves outside of their box, right? Outside yeah. of their. And something that fear. Once you realize you're safe, your your body's not in danger. Like you're, <laughs> nothing's in danger. You're safe. That fear can actually become the excitement, yeah. which is a lot of why a lot of people go bungee jumping and you know <laughs> extreme sporting and all this stuff. So I was like, my mind went like, I am not going bungee jumping, but yes. <laughs> Me either. Yeah, my wife wants to go, and I'm like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do enough things that activate my fear and become excitement. So we'll, we'll just go there. <laughs> we'll just. I'm with you. I'm with you we'll on just that pitch book. animated films and stuff. <laughs> yeah, but uh, maybe I should. Maybe I should do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, face the fear. <laughs> but yeah, and that's the kind of fear that you're like, your body's like borderline in danger, right? <laughs> So maybe it is a little wiser to stay away from it. Who knows? Yeah. Well, it's all that's all personality, right? It's like my fear. Yeah, I use I personally fear away from the physical fear factor to the yeah more internal fear. I'll embrace that more. Yeah, yeah like oh, I could die. <laughs> <laughs> like that's possible. Yeah, could, I the rope could snap, and I could. Where my fear went. My yeah. Name, okay. I would say I was like, I'm going to go totally do it. I'm like my bungee jumping. I always think about my neck being like whipped anyway. Oh yeah. That's interesting. I, I just well, now that's you, what I'll think about. Thanks a lot. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Sorry everyone that just heard that random yeah. tangent, but yeah, let's get back. <laughs> yeah, actually uh, we're, we're near the end here. And now when I first had you on the show, we, we did the get wiser moment. And the question back then was if my goal, you know, what, what role does a filmmaker and storyteller have to the, the world culture? And generally, all of my guests would give the answer, truth, 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 truth. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of what I already knew. So I rephrased the question as, if my goal is to get the highest clarity of truth into a story, what approach would you recommend? And I think we've actually been touching on this. Like, highest clarity? You've been saying clarity. We've been talking about focus. We've been talking about leaning into the fun. We've been talking about having new experiences and living a life having purpose and finding meaning like that sounds like a search for truth. If, if I've ever heard of one huge. And then I would just add, like, don't be afraid to fail. And yeah. actually failing is a good thing in many ways, right? Yeah. Failing leads to a lot of success. So, yeah. I mean, that, and that speaks to the fear, right? Kind of like, you know, embrace it. That's, I think we that's can... actually kind of my approach to writing too. Like I'll have, I'll take a belief I have. Right. And they say that you should prove your belief through the course of the story. Right. The mm -hmm. problem with that I see is that back in Nazi Germany, they believed the Jews were evil. So they were making <laughs> propaganda about the Jews were evil. Right. So I actually, try to set it myself up when I'm writing a story for that belief to be challenged. Mm. And you've got to, you've got to have like, if your belief represents the hero, you've got to have the the villain like as strong as they possibly can be so that you, your beliefs can be tested and possibly fail. And, you know, <laughs> and that sort of thing. And, and I think you can discover truth through that process of not being afraid of that, not being afraid to explore and be the protagonist. I love that. I like that. Yeah. I like that's how your approach is. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to see. Yeah. some a little bit of the falling and then, yeah. Yeah. The lead kind of is human. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the process of inside out when they were making that film, right? Hmm. They, yeah. they discovered the theme as they went to that film and it's deeply resonant because of it, because it was, it was surprising to them. It's surprising to the audience. Yeah. So. And I think that 
that really like to say with life, right? We go mm-hmm. into film, we go into writing a story, storytelling with one thing in mind. Mm-hmm. And often we come out with something completely not what we expected, but it's it evolved. You learn as you go. And it's the same thing with your, your life, right? You go in with this kind of perfect plan and all of a sudden you get all these hiccups and then, but it evolves into something even better usually. Yeah, I think the world needs artists who are brave because the yeah. stories that are being told right now are very propagandistic. You know, mm-hmm. you can look at both sides of the political aisle and just say, what do we do? <laughs> you know? But I think what we do is we, we are willing to be wrong we're willing to fail we're willing to try new things and willing to tell stories that that can make the world a better place i think so yeah thank you so much for being on here jasmine if people want to follow you and connect with you where's the best place it's a good question i mean i'm i'm um you can find me at the academy of animated art um where i am the co-founder that's academy of animated art.com yep. you can yep. also find me through you know the creativity coaching on i guess the best place would be instagram at jasmine katat i'm and i'm around you can find me on linkedin jasmine katat no one else has my name that's the one thing that's good about my long name <laughs> no yeah there are a couple scott weisers there's one who's a lawyer we fight for the top spot oh, on on yeah. seo on google <laughs> but i'm sure he's a good guy yeah. hey scott if you're watching this <laughs> but uh, yeah thanks a bunch for being on the show and until next time i hope we all get a little wiser Thank you for watching the Directing Animation Livecast, hosted by Scott Weiser, audio version edited by Kira Horowitz, copyright Scott Weiser, LLC, 2021.